In this episode of the Smart City Podcast, I had a really great conversation with Corolla Jonas. Corolla is the CEO and co-founder of Everty, who builds software for electric vehicle charging. She has a background in logistics and freight and has moved into green tech. She's very passionate about keeping our planet clean and green. We talk about some of the impacts of energy infrastructure and transport coming together in a digital sense. Corolla then talks about some of the leading initiatives happening in Australia. She also shares what Everty does and what they're doing in the smart city space. She also then shares learnings from around the world. This includes how to increase uptake and also getting the infrastructure ready. We also have a little bit of a chat about demand on the energy grid. We finished talking about connected and automated vehicles, um, integrating into our public infrastructure, and then some examples of emerging trends from overseas. As always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we go. Connecting smart technology, both big and small. Smart cities are making life better for all. Big data, emerging trends, self-driving cars and more. The Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for. Hello, Carola, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Zoe. Thanks for having me. No worries. I'm so glad that you could come on. Let's jump straight into this. And can you tell us a little bit about your background and what you're passionate about? Yeah, sure. Um, so my, my professional background is actually in, in logistics and freight. And I started working in how to optimize um, transportation and logistics for like reducing CO2 emissions. And from there, I went into clean tech. And um, I now run my own company, which is called Everty, and we are building software to manage electric vehicle charging. And so I've always had a bit of a passion for doing something that benefits the planet, because um, if you look at the Great Barrier Reef or the fantastic like Kimberley region, all this lovely nature that we have in Australia, um, I think it's really important that we preserve that for like our future generations. And um, yeah, so keeping our cities clean and um, the rest of, of the planet is, is a big passion of mine. Yeah, awesome. So what sparked your interest in this smart city kind of space? So for, for me, cities are really like the, the backbone that allows us as people to come together and to go about our daily lives, whether that's catching transport into the city center, to the offices that we work in. Um, there's so many facets to cities, the way we, we interact um, when we have leisure time, when we go to the beach or we enjoy parks. So cities really are basically, as long as they're clean, and, and smart. They become livable cities. So it means less air pollution, less noise, less congestion. And we as people can just function better in a city and have higher productivity. Mm. So what is a smart city to you? So to, to me, a smart city is uh, a place where we as society can come together and really work together to achieve our goals. So when, when you look at the traditional smart city concept, I think there's a lot of talk about connectivity and that we have intelligent systems that help us be more efficient in, in how we move around or what we do. So if you look at office buildings, the, the new office buildings are all, they're, they're very airy and light and they mean to enhance productivity. Um, but also in a smart city, it's, it's about what we do in the city, how we can as society 
create value for each other, how we interact going to restaurants, to cinemas, like the, the whole thing. A city is basically like a body that keeps all, all the cells together. And we, we as um, people in the city are all these little cells. Mm. Yeah, cool. I like that analogy. So <laughs> why do you think that the smart city concept is so important? Well, I think what we're going to see um, or what we're already seeing is basically a convergence of a couple of trends. That is, for example, energy and infrastructure and transportation is all coming together um, through the electrification of cars and other transport systems. But we're also seeing a lot of digitalization. So all, all these systems need to connect and need to interact with each other to be really smart and allow us to to um, use them to their full potential. And I think what we're doing with cities is, um, if if you look at uh, the the way that mobility is going to change in the future, like there's a lot that that cities are already doing, and there's a lot where cities can um, become more integral parts of how we're bringing people and infrastructure together. Mm. So how do you think that Australia is embracing the smart city concept? Um, I think there are some really good initiatives. I mean, Australia has a couple of cities that are leading in initiatives like the C40, a global initiative uh, for cities. Um, Canberra is one of the leading cities. And there you see where that policymakers as well as infrastructure providers and, and the businesses in, in general come together and they're shaping the city to be, to be livable, to be quiet and to be enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, cool. So tell us about some of the projects and things that you're currently working on. So with my company, um, Everty, as I said, like we're in the space of electric vehicles and we provide software that helps managing the charging process, the refueling of your electric vehicle. So for us, we're working with cities and especially with councils to look at how they can enable that uptake of electric cars. We, we all know that the future is electric and they'll, they'll be coming uh, to our city sooner or later, but we haven't yet sorted out the infrastructure that is needed, whether that is um, public charging if you want to fill up your car or um, whether it's in, in your own home. Um, not all garages or um, underground car parks are currently enabled or, or wired up to to allow for um, the charging of electric cars. So we're going away from this old, oh, yeah, we need to go to a petrol station because electricity is just broadly available. But we're still, we still need to connect where the electricity is, who's going to provide it, and then how people use it for their cars, for example. And so another thing that we're working on is also once we have a lot of electric cars, like let's say we hit a million of electric cars, all these cars obviously consume electricity and that has an impact on the grid. So we were, we're also looking in how that works with our electricity networks and the, the generation of electricity and the supply of electricity and how cars consume that. So there's a couple of things uh, where Cars obviously drain or like pull electricity from the grid, but in theory, they or not in theory, they are also batteries that will be able to feed back into the grid. So there's, as I said before, this convergence of energy and, and infrastructure and transport is a very interesting one. Hmm. I'm keen to hear how you think um, Australia is currently embracing, you know, the EV space um, particularly. 
Yeah, so in Australia, we're unfortunately, we are lagging behind other markets, especially when you look to European countries like Norway, Sweden, Netherlands, Germany, but also um, the US. California has great programs for EVs. And I think that's where we see a little bit of that disconnect where we could benefit from better policymaking on a federal and state level and to really allow us to to grow that sector. Whereas um, at the moment, the car manufacturers don't see Australia as the preferred market with a lot of demand. So they bring their cars to other markets first. But if we were to to bring policy and uh, transport and car manufacturers and infrastructure together, then we could definitely increase the uptake of electric cars, which, as I said before, like they create less air pollution, less noise. And if we can then also work on, on the congestion problem that we have in big cities, then um, we would definitely have a more livable and more enjoyable city. Mm. What are some of the like key um, concepts or or principles that we need to get right um, to increase the uptake or be ready for an increase in uptake of EVs? Yeah, so at the moment, um, EVs are still more expensive when you buy them. And the, the initial purchase price is just higher than a normal petrol car. They do have a lot lower maintenance and um, operational costs, though. So what a lot of countries have done is they have um, incentivized or subsidized that people buy electric cars because they see the long-term benefit of these cars. Um, another thing, and we always call that like the chicken and the egg problem, is that people who live, for example, in apartments and who can't charge their car at home, they would have to have access to public charging infrastructure. And that is also something where in other countries, um, governments, but also energy companies, as well as the um, automakers, have pushed into providing that public infrastructure. And we're seeing some some early steps here in Australia, but um, there's definitely more to be done. Mm. And how important is it that we kind of have a standardised approach um, when it comes to, you know, charging infrastructure and um you know policy and regulation like are we are we moving in the right direction um yeah so we we're, we're definitely making making baby steps but we could be a lot quicker and i think um one one thing and that is probably not just a problem for transport or for for electric vehicles in australia but sometimes um there is a bit of a playing ball between federal and state governments and so no one really wants to take the leap. But uh, I think we could um, have more progressive um, policies and incentives for EVs. And um, the, the goal there would be to see um, incentives or see signals from the federal government to then trickle down to state. Cool. Well, that kind of leads into this next question, uh, which is how can we better integrate across you know, the different disciplines that are um, going to be affected, governments and industries? Yeah, absolutely. I think there are a couple of examples um, where this is being done already. And um, I just mentioned Canberra before. So they, for example, they are legislating um, the building code. So that means that every um, newly built, whether it's an office building or a home, as, as soon as there is a um, parking space for a car, that new legislation says you have to, for example, get the wiring in so that you can later on install an electric car charger. 
you don't have to put the charger in, but when you build the foundation of that of that building, you want to get the wiring right. So you avoid retrofitting later on, which is quite costly. So there's a lot of like different things that we can actually do to just get our our buildings and our infrastructure ready for for the next um, uh, decades. Because if you think about especially the built environment, we're building buildings that are meant to last at least like 70 years. And in 70 years from now, most cars will be electric. So why not let put the right infrastructure in rather than trying to, to wait and see if we can do it later? Because later is always more costly. Hmm. And do you think that um, there's some things we'll need to do with the, the energy grid um, in order to uh, meet the demand of electric vehicles? Yeah, as, as the uptake is going to increase slowly, like we won't have a problem that we don't have enough um, supply to the grid. Like that's, that's definitely not a big issue. But what we need to look at is, first of all, um, we, it would obviously be a lot better if we had uh, more renewables in our energy mix because that makes the cars even cleaner. Um, but also when, when you look at, um, where you have like, let's say streets with, um, low voltage grids where there is not a lot of electricity supply or the, the, the network, the, the, as we say, the poles and wires are not geared up for a lot of demand. Then you might have to augment the grid and you have to build, um, build new infrastructure to service that demand there. So it's, it's really a, a bit of both. It's, it's not that, um, the grid will collapse <laughs> through EVs, but we obviously also need to look at certain areas, whether there needs to be improvements and upgrades into the grid or whether, for example, smart charging can actually help, um, by base. So with smart charging, um, I'm saying is just imagine the scenario. Everyone comes home at six o'clock at night and they plug their electric car in and they all start charging at the same time when we start cooking and we're using a lot of um, other electricity. So that smart charging could be um, staggered for later in the night or you could reduce the power that the car draws when other appliances are on. So there's a couple of things where we can actually with um, software and technology um, probably solve these problems rather than upgrading the grid mm. unnecessarily. Mm. And you mentioned um, before about how the vehicles could actually, you know, uh, enhance the grid, you know, with the, the battery capacity. Could you explain that a little bit further? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as of next year, um, there will be a car, the new Nissan Leaf, which comes um, with vehicle to grid capability. So it means that basically from the battery of your car, you can feed electricity either back into your home or directly into the grid. And so this is um, exactly what I meant before. If there is a, a time of very high demand on the grid, the car could actually feed into the grid and therefore help the grid and then at a later time during the night when energy is cheaper or the demand on the grid is not that high, then the car starts charging again and fills up the battery. So it's, it's the bi-directional flow of electricity between the grid and the car or the home and the car. Mm-hmm. Cool. So what do you think the emerging trends are that people aren't talking about enough? Um, I think I, even though people are talking about them, but the emerging trends that we need to, to actually act on and not just talk about is um, how mobility and transport will change. 
and that includes obviously um, mobility and transport as a service, but also the integration of different um, transport solutions and especially with um, the rise of autonomous cars. So a lot of people obviously know um, that uh, cars will become autonomous and at some stage we will have robo-taxis where we can just hail a car and it has no driver. But how do we integrate these autonomous cars into um, our normal transport infrastructure like the, the trains and the light rail or trams and then also the, the end point when you get to, let's say, a train station in the city, will there be maybe an electric bike or an electric scooter that allows you to take that last mile between the train stations? So I think we need to, similar to when they had um, the uh, for, for Sydney um, listeners, the Opel card or Mikey in Melbourne, like there, there was a time where you couldn't even like change a bus without having to pay for that new bus ride. And so we need to look at uh, mobility um, in, the, in the same way. It's all interconnected. And we're probably going to just have one card that allows us to use all these sorts of different forms of transport, which will hopefully help us um, to reduce congestion and just make transport more efficient. And a good example is for I, I live in Sydney in uh, Coogee at the moment. And so my way to work into the city is about seven kilometers. But in peak time, it takes me more than an hour door to door because there's so much congestion and construction going on that the buses get stuck in traffic. And so I guess if we can improve the the time that we commute, but also the way we we commute, like it's, it's more convenient. It might not be like a packed bus where people have to stand. Like there's so many things where we can use our time more productively if we can shorten the commuter time and also allow us to do things while we commute, like working on our laptops or reading a book or anything, um, basically that, that helps people to be more productive. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I'm wondering whether because uh, obviously um, you mentioned before that, you know, Europe is quite advanced, um, which we know um, in particular in the EV space. Is there anywhere in particular that we can really learn from um, the adoption of not just EVs but, you know, mobility as a service and, you know, those mobility options? Yeah, I mean, um, there, there's couple of uh, interesting concepts and I guess uh, there, there are probably even more that I don't know about to be honest but I, I know for example that uh, in Germany there is a service where you can rent electric cars but you can basically drop them anywhere and so it's not like you have to return the car to that point where you've picked it up from and it becomes really really cheap because there's enough of these cars available and I think there are I think the cost is like 50 cents per kilometer. So, so transport will become really cheap and it's, it'll be available everywhere. But I guess that's also to do with um, cities, like let's say in, in Germany or the Netherlands, they have a much higher density of people on, on smaller, um, in smaller places. So I, I can't really say this should, should or could be transferred to Australia um, one, one on one. Um, but I'm definitely, uh, I'd be keen to look on, and for other transport planners to look at new concepts of how we can, um, make mobility more affordable and more efficient. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, it's been so awesome to chat with you. Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, I'm really keen to, uh, talk 
um, some more because I'm very interested in particularly mobility as a service, um, smart mobility space. And I think, you know, EVs fit into that as well as, you know, autonomous vehicles, but that connected piece and, you know, how they all kind of integrate together. Cause I think that integration piece is so important. Um, and it can't happen, you know, without the integration. So yeah, it's been awesome to chat with you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to be on. Awesome. I only have one last question, which is how can people connect with you? Oh, sure. Um, so, yes, you can find me on all the, the standard social media like LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook or also via our company website, which is um, everty.com.au. Awesome. All the links will go into the show notes um, and people can click away and connect with you. So thanks again, Crawler, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Zoe. Have a good day. You too. Bye. It's the Smart City Podcast. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. City Podcast is what you're looking for.